Hello and welcome to the Lehigh Valley Food Podcast. My name's Tim and today I have with me Jacoby. What's up? Today we're at Cole Winery and Kitchen and they definitely redid it. Yeah, definitely. Um, it used to be this place like a long time ago. It was really, really cool. And they still definitely have elements of it where it was all these like pallet chairs and you hung out on like couches and it was a very like yeah. social environment, which yeah. I loved. Yeah, it's definitely been updated. Um, there's now uniform chairs and there's still some of those pallet benches around and the bar is still all pallets. Yeah, it's it's a super cool place. And recently they've started um, brewing their own wine and everything. So we'll definitely be talking, um, yeah, talking I, about that. Yeah, I kind of want to talk to that guy too. Anyway, yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, I did not know that they did their own wine. It must be like a new, new thing. It's definitely very new. I saw it on Instagram um, a little while ago. Uh, that they were looking for it. And I definitely know before COVID they were looking to kind of kind of open that up, but yeah. Well, now they're going going all in on it, really. I'm curious about it. I'm curious to see what this wine tastes like. I think I like wine way more than any other alcohol, dude. So, wow, that's good because you don't really drink. No, if I do, it'll be wine. It'll be very sweet wine. <laughs> so if I like it, it must be good. What if, what if knowing, knowing him, it's probably spicy wine. I'd be fine with spicy wine, knowing <laughs> that cake. Give it a, we'll give it a <laughs> shot. Um, so anyways, and with us today, we have our executive chef, Chef Kofi, um, who I think does a phenomenal job. All right. So where were you born just in general? So I was born in Trenton, New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nice. nice. Now, uh, how'd you get all the way over here? So... Uh, <laughs> born born in Trenton, New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, at three months old, I I was sent back to Ghana, West Africa. Oh, okay. Uh, hmm. To grow up with my extended family. Um, so I came back in 2011 uh-huh. to go to Moravian College. Yeah. Um, and I was there for about two years. Then I transferred to Montclair, and then I came back to the area after graduating Montclair. Okay. Okay. And uh, you mentioned that you had a degree in biology. Yes. Uh, yeah. What What made you want to do that? Like, um. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> what, one of my one of my my goals and my dreams I guess, is to be a a doctor uh-huh. someday. So um, I was actually at Geisinger when I quit to do the restaurant. I know you had said in your notes that you written that um, you were working at um, the Hotel Bethlehem as well. Yes. Um, yes. What did you kind of do there? So there was uh, an expo, okay, uh, or food runner as you would call it, because yeah. <laughs> expos are for chefs. The chefs <laughs> usually, and I learned that there in that food culture that um, it's better than the chef expos. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was I was a food runner. Okay. Essentially, yeah. Interesting, interesting. So how did you? So how did you get kind of into the restaurant? Like what? What was the drive to open? Yeah, how'd you go from biology? Yeah, biology to well, where you are now. <laughs> okay, so so at Montclair, um, I owned a business called My Delivery MSU. So there we delivered McDonald's, Chipotle, Burger mm-hmm. King, Popeyes, name it. So, so they you didn't deliver. We like got Grubhub before. Exactly. Grubhub yeah. Was doing it. So yeah, and at the time. There was only another business in New Jersey doing that, and he'd been doing it since 1993. And I only, I only found out like maybe a year and a half mm-hmm. into doing this. So I mean, it was a, it was a semester long business. I mean, we took breaks when school session was yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't, you know, 
do it. Um, at that time, I believe Grubhub was a hub. They just told you where you could find food that delivered. They didn't <laughs> deliver yeah. themselves. I remember E24 even reaching out to my company if we would like, if we would sign on as a delivery partner and all that. Um, so, I mean, I've been in the restaurant industry, whether I like it or not. My first job actually is Six Flags. Mm -hmm. So Six Flags is my first employer. Yeah. Okay. I was supposed to be selling hot dogs. Nice. So, <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, so I've always, um, you know, been some way somehow yeah. been around that type of business. And so from, where was I? Uh, you were at Six Flags. At Six Flags, yes. Yeah, so Six Flags, no like business. my first when I first came mm. when I first uh, came uh, to America, um, and then so after Montclair, well, when I was at Montclair, there was one semester of school, like we were out for summer, and then I took a job at Hotel Bethlehem. Okay, and I remember um, the manager then, Mister Costello, he asked me, he's like, oh. Well, why are you taking the job here? Aren't the kids eating anymore? <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, it's a, it's, a, it's a semester, long business. I mean, everybody's gone home. Um, I have to do something else to occupy myself. So they were yeah. my first, I would say, fine dining experience. But before that, Confetti Cafe, if anybody remembers Confetti Cafe, um, mm. which now, so it's it's weird, right? They, the, ice, the Hotel B ice cream shop, mm -hmm. that store, Mm -hmm. used to be Confetti Cafe. Okay. Now, she's the first lady in Bethlehem to hire me, give me a job. Okay. May her soul rest in peace. Really good lady, Nikki. And she, um, there I learned how to scoop ice cream. Nice, nice. And at Hotel Bethlehem, I was known for scooping very perfect <laughs> balls of ice cream. I was called the ice cream god. So <laughs> it's funny and weird that where I learned how to scoop ice cream today is an ice cream shop that belongs to Hotel Bethlehem. Huh. Have you gone down fun. there and gotten ice cream? Oh, always. Always. I might even go today. They do. Have you ever <laughs> critiqued, it's hot out, too. Have you ever critiqued them on their scooping skills or what? I, I try not to. I don't want to <laughs> don't don't be an a-hole. You know, <laughs> Give me the cone. You know, so then, you know, servers will always come back and when they would bring in ice cream tickets, they would even put it in the, mm -hmm. in the, like the description, like, oh, let Kofi scoop it. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was fun. So, I mean, from that job and then getting the job at Hotel Bethlehem, once I was done with Montclair, yeah, I really wanted to go on and study medicine, but yeah. I just had this passion for the industry. Mm -hmm. um, so while I was there, then I took a job with, um, then it was called the Cosmopolitan on Sith Street in Allentown, yep. across from the Symphony, yep. uh, owned by Bill Goob. And when I took, I took a job as a valet over okay. there uh, to begin with. So I was doing both. And then... So were you driving like fancy, fancy cars? Or? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that job. I, yesterday, Facebook, I, I saw it seven years. It, it mm -hmm. sent me a picture that I took with the other valet guys. When we were working seven years ago, and I'm like, wow, <laughs> time flies, time flies. But yeah, we it was some really nice cars. Um, yeah. So between that, that's this is while all I'm in while I'm in college, and then mm -hmm. I graduate. So then I I move back here. I keep my job at hotel um, Hotel Bethlehem, and I gave up the delivery business because um it was gonna be hard. Yeah. To run it in New Jersey all the way from here. And I didn't have, like, well, my partner had already given out on the business way before I even graduated. Mm -hmm. So he had already been bought out. He'd taken his money and gone. And I mean, yeah. 
money isn't everything. You need, you, you need know, passion. You yeah, need you need how you need people, it. a team that you know, want, you know, on even on the ownership end of it, it you can't always do it by yourself. So, um, yeah, I gave I gave it up, and then I just stayed here. I went back to my job at Hotel B, then back to Cosmopolitan. They had gone through a change of name. They became Hook Seafood. So then I got a job working the actual restaurant yeah. um, and stuff. So, then yeah, I, was gonna say. I took a job with uh, H2O on the south side okay. on 3rd uh, okay. Street, yeah, which yeah. is a nightlife mm -hmm. hookah lounge. Um, so I there I was actually a customer. I was just going there and then... The guy just the, the one of the owners then just offered me a job, so I started there as a security guard and later on became like general manager. Nice. And so from there came the idea of Cole. Um, so I met my wife then. Mm -hmm. My wife like now I met my wife then in H two O. We were dating. Um, and started cooking for her at home, nice. <laughs> you know, and, you know, trying to, cause my wife is Syrian, she's Middle Eastern. Mm -hmm. So trying to introduce her to, you know, familiar, you know, like my court, the food from my culture. Um, I mean, we would go to other Ghanaian restaurants and stuff and I would cook for her. And so from there came the idea to have coal. Cause I mean, she felt, well, hey, you're really good. I mean, I taste your food and I taste when we go out to buy and I think I prefer yours, you know, <laughs> you know, so it's like, well, why don't we, why don't we just, you know, make a restaurant. <laughs> make yeah. a restaurant yeah. It's yeah. so good. You could probably sell yeah. it. So Maybe so, I should. So would you say that your cooking experience just kind of came naturally to you almost? Yeah, because I mean, some, some dishes, I remember I was always do making in college. Like mm -hmm. I have a ramen noodle stir fry mm -hmm. that. It's it's a it's street food in Ghana when you go it's called Indomie mm -hmm. and the reason why it's Indomie is Ghanaians have this habit of naming um, things after the first brand to produce it or the first brand they introduced to. Okay. so Indomie is the first ramen noodle packet brand that we were introduced to and it became the name of the dish um, and it's street food you go on the streets and you find somebody with a shed mm -hmm. set up and then you. You go there and they're doing this ramen noodle stir fry and you pick whatever toppings that you want mm -hmm. on it. So like that, I was do I was doing that in college. Mm -hmm. And then later on when we decided to do the restaurant, I'm like, wait, I mean, this is. I mean, I might as well just yeah, sell it, let me right? Just put that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> let me just, who would have thought, that, you know, a dollar pocket of ramen would make something so yeah, exotic. Something but, exotic and something that you can easily charge. Yeah, like I mean, now I have on my menu, I have a surf and turf. Yeah. Like ramen noodle stare for nice. mm -hmm. Nobody ever thinks that that dollar pack of ramen could make some sort we, of a surf yeah. and turf. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, a long time ago, had an idea for a food truck where we just took ramen and made it as like, we called it stupid, but like put as much stuff into it as possible. And that and I, I, I'm for it because when it comes to food, for me, it's like, Cook. I want to cook the impossible. You know, I want to cook what, what people. I mean, like I just put a, a pork chop on my menu, and mm -hmm. I made a, a bourbon, pineapple and chili, glaze to go on the pork chop when it comes off the grill. Nice. And traditionally, Ghanaian or maybe West African chefs. I don't want to generalize, but let's say Ghanaian chefs aren't really doing or aren't taking the cuisine if they're cooking these things they're cooking them outside of the cuisine mm -hmm. it's but i'm trying to take the cuisine to those 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 that extent so mm -hmm. 
even for Ghanaians when they come into coal, it's a step above what they're used what to. What they're used to. Awesome. So, um, but we definitely like got a chance to taste some food. And I mean, I've been here before and it's immaculate every time. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't I don't know how you do it. Even when you had that like grill, I was I was telling you before we started recording. I remember when uh, when you guys first opened, you had this grill outside at Music Fest. I don't even think the interior was finished yeah, yet. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we walked by, I'm like, what is that smell coming off that grill? I need that. So it's like, it's funny, right? My, mm-hmm. my food story and my love story is kind of similar. Mm-hmm. In the sense that, so my wife is Middle Eastern mm-hmm. and dear, when you talk about grilled food, I mean... Yeah. The Mediterranean, it, it's, <laughs> they, you know, they, they, I mean, they, Middle Eastern people know how to do grilled food. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. And then, of course, I mean, Ghanaians too, we like street food. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we like, you know, stuff you can just throw on the grill. So both of us like coming together because a lot of my recipes are influenced by her too. And that's, yeah. that's where it gets different from the, what the next um, Ghanaian restaurant would serve. But it's like it's just great that the you find flavors that in your culture and those same flavors exist in another culture with something else, paired with something else. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you, you eat something and it, it's like, oh, this tastes like something else that we eat, but it's not presented in the same, you know, yeah. in the same way. So the spices you use, would you say that? They're kind of like a cross between the cultures, almost. Or they are. They, they are. I absolutely. mean, I, they are. I mean, well, I have. Why you couldn't replicate. I have. Yeah, I have exactly. Indians. I have Indians come. I have Indians come in here, mm-hmm. and they they fall. You know, they they find like certain familiar flavors yeah. in their food. Um, I mean, I use curry. Mm-hmm. I mean, I use uh, birani, mm-hmm. uh, coriander, and I mean, in a typical uh, Ghanaian recipe, coriander is not. Yeah, it's it not there to be found. Exist. Um, so it's like all these, <laughs> all these different, you know. But 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 the base, the the, the ginger garlic scotch bonnet combination, which is that's Ghanaian cuisine is big on that. Yeah, I mean we we use that to take the gaminess out of meat. We use that to season poultry. Mm-hmm. The whole you know ginger garlic scotch bonnet that that whole combination so that's always in everything yeah that we do and then we we add other stuff to it sometimes even sometimes sweet stuff which and like i said in the typical Ghanaian cuisine we don't eat sweet meats like yeah. we don't you know like here like barbecue like when i came to america and or came back to america and i or as I was getting older and I'm noticing something called barbecue sauce, it's like you put it on your chicken and back <laughs> where I'm from, chicken is supposed to be spicy or yeah. savory. I mean, mm. it's not a sweet, not sweet thing. So expanding my palate too mm-hmm. has become like, and I'm thankful for my wife because she's taught me a lot. Now I eat cheese boards. I mean, hmm. <laughs> years ago, years ago, I, I, I run a lot of cheese, like served mm-hmm. a lot of cheese boards at Hotel Bethlehem. And I was always like, why would you like, buy the cheese? Point, right? Like, why would you buy cheese? Like, <laughs> what? what? Why? But I, now I know, <laughs> you know, now I, yeah, I, I, like I, I know it's like different flavors, oh, wait, the different textures, cheeses. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's phenomenal. That's really interesting. And I have to say, 
you know, that, that given talent to you of being able to cook that lamb so perfectly. I have actually, I don't think ever had a lamb chop made so perfectly in a restaurant in the Lehigh Valley. Now the 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 seasoning on that that's was, that's my wife's recipe. It was phenomenal. That's that's her <laughs> that's her mm-hmm. like all her doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I cooked it right now for you. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, and that that's what that's that's where it, I always say it's like if we didn't if if we didn't keep our cuisine mm-hmm. flexible, where it's you have a Ghanaian restaurant and you have coal, mm-hmm. which is going to serve you Ghanaian food with a twist. Preferably how you like it. Yeah. Not, mm-hmm. you know, not I, we never set out to make food and say, oh, that's the myth. African food is spicy. That it's, a, it's, a, it's the biggest myth. Yeah. <laughs> I've ever, you go to Ghana and every single household has their level mm-hmm. of tolerance to peppers. There's some households that don't cook with peppers at all because they cannot handle it. Yeah. So it would be, it would be bad, right, to set out and say, well, you're going to come in here and all our food is going to be the hottest it can be. Yeah. <laughs> right? You don't have any other choice. Enjoy. <laughs> it, it's like I, I always felt that was so you know, brutal. But, but you get you get guests that feel that it, you should make it so. But, of course, I mean, you, you can't please can't please everybody. everybody. But yeah. we, we set out to introduce guests to a cuisine mm-hmm. so it's it's more of if you if you aren't familiar with the cuisine you come here and we, we educate it's a, it's a whole it it's a whole show i mean you get educated on the cuisine and the culture and you come yeah. to understand the food i mean when you eat you're not just eating for your stomach i mean you're feeding your soul your well-being so mm-hmm. it's always it's important that we show you where it differs I always, I always like to say that like every chef is kind of telling their own story on every plate that they serve. There should be like, uh, that's a quality of a good chef is that the food explains everything that you're saying. Like, where did it come from? How did everything that happened in your life blend into this plate? It, and, and that's exactly what you're doing. And, and it's amazing because for, for me, I didn't go to culinary school. Mm-hmm. Right, so I mean, I look, I watch all these shows, and I look at these guys, <laughs> and I'm like, damn, you know, it's like it's like you playing like maybe football, you know, football with, with your buddies, and then watching the you're watching the NFL. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, these guys are these guys are professional. Yeah, but I mean, we do our own little mm-hmm. thing here, and we do what you know we can do. It's 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 unique. It's organic. <laughs> it's you know, it's yeah. It might not be your Michelin star, yeah. you know, but it's a star. I mean, we we treat everybody that comes here. We make sure you're leaving happy. Yeah, you know, absolutely. That, that you find something that you may like. I mean, I don't expect every guest that comes here to like every single thing on the menu, but that's why it's very it's very mm-hmm. interactive dining. Um, I I always want to go to every table. I try to make it to every single table. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if I could make it between them having an appetizer and an entree it's it's ideal for me because one i know what their spice tolerance is based off of the appetite how they yep. you know how they fared with the appetizer and then i could tell okay i go back to the kitchen and i say hey you know this is what they can tolerate you know make it so so it's and and that's 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 the part i enjoy 
Yeah. When I, you know, when I can walk out and I can go to the guests and ask them, hey, how, how was it? Mm-hmm. Um, it's because I mean, on, on any other day, I could have had a counter and cooked food and have you pick it up and, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you know, and take it. And I, I'm sure against takeout, but <laughs> you know, and take it. But it's like that element of, you know, understanding what you're eating mm-hmm. and why mm-hmm. the flavor is the way it is, what's in there that's making it what it is, you know. At the grocery store, I was maybe an old couple, or even young people, they'll come up to me, what are you going to do with all that ginger? Like, and they're so fascinated because nobody's buying that much ginger. I probably buy the most of ginger when you walk. The most ginger. And That's I'm why like, I can never find it in the grocery store. I'm like, I need it. It's 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 a core ingredient yeah. in mm-hmm. everything I do. I mean, it's on the killer willy. It's on the chicken. It's <laughs> you know, and I mean, on top of it, it, it has very good health benefits. Mm-hmm. Very, very good mm-hmm. health benefits. So, yeah. That's awesome. That's so you actually do the shopping for this in regular grocery stores? So, um, like Valley Farm. Okay. Some will do science, uh, science club sometimes. Um, I mean, uh, those are the bigger guys. Yeah, so do. you're not you're not kind of going to like restaurant supply and just buying all the mass produced stuff and there's certain items, mm-hmm. you know. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd love to sit here and sound like a Michelin star sitting and say, hey, you know, it's I, I only, yeah, yeah, I only, which is great. You know, it's great. That's yeah, the goal, that's, yeah. right? That one day I'd be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, but not everybody can just do that. that yeah. So. Yeah. You know, it, take, it, <laughs> yeah. it takes time to get to that. Like it's a um, restaurant. You know, it's also business. We're not mm-hmm. trying to go out of business. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I, some items I would get, you know, from like restaurant depot. Then yeah. But believe you me, if there's, Fourteen dollars a pound beef, and there's an eleven dollar pound beef. I'd pick the fourteen for well, my guess. Better quality too. Yeah, mm. every like every. I don't serve what I don't eat in my house. Mm-hmm. I mean, Richard, my wine maker, he's he had the food here and he's dined at my house so many times, and he'll yeah. tell you. I mean, it's the same. Like we don't, we're not trying to, <laughs> you know, buy for little and make. <laughs> so much money yeah. off of mm-hmm. it and stuff so You're trying i, I stay away from a lot products. of generic yeah a lot of generic things um like our beef is grass-fed mm-hmm. um you use organic chicken mm-hmm. um so that's why some items we have to get from regular like the from yeah. the grocery store because of the quality mm-hmm. i mean you won't get that and that, sometimes in restaurant depot and it, restaurant depot that's one problem too sometimes they don't maintain the yeah. same quality like sometimes you'll get very good quality, and then the next time you go, it's like, oh, we it's don't like have that. Quality. We have something yeah. else, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But um, but I, I mean, I, I I like to go out and get the ingredients yeah. uh, myself. I mean, eventually, once we get bigger, you, you get all these um, like distributors that come mm-hmm. to you, and they can and give then they you, start yeah saying, hey, buy our product. Yeah. So you, you were you've been closed for a bit, yes. you know, with COVID and everything, and. Just the the past couple, we'll say it actually a couple of years at this point, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but you you've gone through a rebrand, and you were saying, Richard, you have a new product that you're selling now, uh, which is wine that you're making here. Yeah, um, it's very good. It's very very good wine. Thank you. So Thank how did you. how did that kind of come? Like, you know, where did that come from? Like, where did that start? So we. As you, if you'd remember, and like when we started, we were BYOB. Mm-hmm. 
and one one part about the American dining culture is um, alcohol plays big a big part, and I mean the more convenient it is, the yeah. better the guests feel about it. Um, the BYOB concept it it, it works, um, but then for the guest that isn't able to bring their own, mm-hmm. it's like. They had a disadvantage. Then they're um, kind of sitting there like, damn, I want some of that. Right. And, <laughs> and also to kind of like maintain the overhead. Mm-hmm. Right. So we, we didn't want to change the cuisine. Okay. To, to in, in our attempt to, you know, increase revenue, we didn't want to change the cuisine and, and throw more, like make the menu more American just to get more guests in here. We wanted to keep the cuisine the same. Mm-hmm. So it was like, well, what's the next thing we we could sell alcohol? Yeah. But why we chose to make to to go into winemaking is, I mean, you pair food, right, with wine. Mm-hmm. That's it's common at most dinner tables to pair food with wine, and we have so much space. I mean, and this this building is about ten thousand square feet. Mm-hmm. So oh. it's like. It would make either a good brewery, mm-hmm. a good distillery, or a winery. Mm-hmm. And if we we care a lot about our food, yeah. right? And people are gonna pair food with wines. Why not make the wines too? Why not provide quality over That's there? True. So our wines, this our grapes are sustainably farmed. Mm-hmm. Um, we go premium grapes. When we when we go to um, order, like the Bordeaux was from Susan Valley, Lonzo okay. Vineyards, that's where the grapes were from. We like Richard; he's crazy about that. <laughs> if it's not <laughs> if it's not being sustainably farmed, you know, he won't he won't do it. But yeah. when 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 the idea to to make the wine came, I I I was going to experiment it on my own. I said, well. I'll make I'll make wine. I'll I'll try it. I mean, maybe it's <laughs> it's like cooking. And I mean, I have a science background. I mean, I can <laughs> yeah. You know, I can, I can understand how to throw all these chemicals in there and, and figure out these More reactions. Happen. But then I gave a second thought. I'm like, I mean, the, we set out to put a cuisine out there. It need the kitchen needs me mm-hmm. more. Um, and why not let somebody that has the expertise teach me so essentially the 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 whole winery idea is for me to get school schooled on you know (laughs) on making wine and essentially giving my guests good wine as well yeah um because it it, like i'm like i keep saying if you if you're gonna pair food with wine then i I might as well give you the best wine as well Mm -hmm. um and the the goal with our winery too was, so Pennsylvania wineries don't have a good rating. Mm-hmm. They 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 don't rank very well nationally and globally, and and there's a stigma around <laughs> Pennsylvanian made wines, um, partly because I mean some winemakers have to have to rely on juice. I mean based on where we are in the world, it's mm-hmm. just yeah what na- yeah. you know what nature brings mm-hmm. upon us. So. They, they have to rely on juice and so the part of that too is to try to change the narrative with Pennsylvanian wine okay and to because there is I mean there are good like like Richard great winemaker mm-hmm. great sommelier he knows he knows his stuff so it's like all these does this talent in Pennsylvania and was still where is it like, you know it's like 
Well, why not? Why not do that? And the area itself, the Lehigh Valley loves craft. When I say yeah. craft, like locally crafted mm-hmm. stuff, you know, it's and slowly and slowly you you realize the imports are going off the shelf. I mean, people are trying to buy local and stimulate the local economy. So that mm-hmm. that was that was it. I mean, if I could go to the wine and spirits and pick up a bottle from Bordeaux and and come yeah. sell it to yeah. you. But what good does that do, you know, our it's local true. economy? Yeah. It's way true. It's also if, in Pennsylvania, it's weird. And this is it's not going to be in the episode, but it's way easier to get the license to make it than, in-house yeah, than it is than to, 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 to retail. Resell yeah, it. and it's about a tenth of the cost. Oh, <laughs> let's go. Less than a tenth of the cost. Yeah. And, the, and the, the reason, the reason is so Pennsylvania is the world's consumer of alcohol the world's largest buyer because any any alcohol in pennsylvania the state buys Mm -hmm. and sells it so the state of pennsylvania is the world's largest buyer of alcohol period so then they realize well if if in pennsylvania we're consuming this much stuff why don't we make it here (laughs) and which is so they give so it's to incentivize Uh, mm -hmm. you and then i mean the reason why the license cost so cheap is, I mean, the cost of setting up oh, it's to produce is not massive. <laughs> it's massive. It's not. <laughs> it's not cheap. I mean, I, I had that tank before yeah. Richard came, and when Richard came on, we had to make a lot of changes because, especially with his winemaking too, is different. Mm-hmm. It's very minimal intervention in that. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. trying to use a, you know. Just trying to get the most out of what he can. Yeah. So we, I mean, we went in, we got all these barrels. We got a a crusher, a destemmer. So (laughs) we don't work with juice at all. You're you're doing the grapes completely. Straight from grape to the wine, which it's it's better. And in in the long run, it will come to make a good name for Pennsylvania. Because Mm -hmm. that's what's being done everywhere else. I mean, why are we sitting in Pennsylvania and buying juice? Yeah. from Chile to make our wine when the people in Chile are making the wine from grape. <laughs> <laughs> it's, how, would our, how will our product ever compare? Yeah, it's true. You know, you get juice. You cannot, the sugars, you, you don't have no control over mm-hmm. the sugars. They and come, in, they come into wants. the winery at whatever sugar that they come in at. Like, and that's why most, most winemakers on juice are relying on all these yeah. additives. You know, and all these sulfites that they have to put in there and yeah. you know it's making it in-house you I mean you have complete control over it yeah. like you can make sure it tastes exactly like the perfect pair with any food you have any, so. yeah yeah and it, it's like i mean you you take part in the process mm-hmm. from i mean you get a grape list you go in there you you ask all the questions where you know what's the, what it was it like what was the weather like all, all these things and it's so much information right and now when you go to make that bottle you're not just handing over a bottle you're handing over a craft mm-hmm. something you know that something creative. that when they crack open that bottle they can talk about it yeah you know i have i have a, a this gentleman he's my friend uh mr gary kessler he has mm-hmm. an office in the courtyard mm-hmm. And I gave him one bottle. <laughs> I'm in the kitchen on Friday and I get a text from him. And he sends me a picture of him and his friends. They're drinking the wine. And he's like, they don't believe me when I say it's made in Pennsylvania. Huh. <laughs> and you're like, don't believe me next to my office. Like, <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's that. It, it's it's going to be like that. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's gonna be like, and don't get me wrong. I mean, they're they're great PA, you yeah. know, wine producers. I mean, we're we're going to be sourcing some grapes from some local vineyards mm-hmm. too. Um, that are of course being you know sustainably farmed. And yeah. um, I mean, we cannot not make a, a Chambord. You know, that's a <laughs> it's a local. It's 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 the local hero. You have, you have to you know a Katawawa. Like you have to make you have to make those you know. And then we make other stuff too. Oh, and and, and and change the it's it's a lot of research going into it. Oh yeah, yeah, Cause, absolutely. Because my my wife and I we eat out a lot, mm-hmm. right? So we're constantly seeing other menus mm-hmm. and what's on there, and like our, that reflects in our choice of grape. We we're picking grapes that aren't really out there. They should be, but it's not in the area. It's not people aren't introduced to it. Like like a Viognier. Yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, Stony Run Winery, I think, has one. Mm-hmm. But I mean, outside of that, if anybody has it, it's an import. Yeah. Or came from some state far, far away. So nice. Well, that's <laughs> really impressive. I'm I'm happy that you're doing that. It kind of takes that whole thing, even of like the story of the food and yeah. everything like yeah. that, and it yeah. it just marries it all together. Yeah. So as we finish up, we have this um this game that we like to play with uh, with chefs. Oh boy. <laughs> and what it is is we. Which I, basically, I just go to the grocery store and I find some random weird canned food. Okay. And, and you're going to tell us how you'd make a five-star dish out of it. <laughs> okay. Nice. 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 I try to keep it somewhat similar. So I have, I have, I mean, I'll tell the listeners what I have here. It's uh, sardines in hot tomato sauce made by Iberia. Um, so... You can, oh my god! <laughs> you took me to the candy store right now. There's so much you can do with this. So much, so much. So we have a dish, right, called anguamo, which is which translates into English oil rice. Mm-hmm. That's the the that's the step of of rice before it becomes a fried rice. Okay, at the Chinese restaurant or in the Asian restaurant, right. It's when you you cook the rice, but in some a little bit of oil. Mm-hmm. Now, the best way is usually we'll we'll caramelize the onions mm-hmm. and then kind of stir fry the raw rice for a little bit to gain so much aroma, mm-hmm. and then we add on the water that we need for the rice to cook, right? And then we cook the rice. Then you go on and on the side. Now this is that's where the sardines are gonna play a big role. You're gonna take tomatoes. Onions, mm-hmm. a little bit of ginger if you have, a little bit of garlic, and a scotch bonnet. You can use you can use a chili. I w- I would say use a chili pepper. Okay. Um, just, but I mean, either ways. Even if you want scotch bonnet, because of the sardines, the tomato sauce at the end will 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 calm down the the spice from the scotch bonnet yeah. a little bit for you. Um, and so you take the tomato, the onion. The pepper, whatever pepper. You can even go with the jalapeno if you like jalapeno mm-hmm. instead. And you blend it to make kind of a salsa. Okay. So you you hit you put it in the blender and you just hit pulse. Yeah. I mean, don't blend it because you don't want it to be. Right. You want it to still have some texture to it. And then you open up this can and you pour it on there. And then you fry yourself an omelet. And that's there goes the dish. That's nice. the anguamo dish. Nice, nice. Now, another, another way... <laughs> that you can have this. So this the the like sardines or mackerel and tomato sauce 
is a very big component of Ghanaian cuisine. Interesting. <laughs> I have a dish on my menu, mm-hmm. Ampisi, which is made in palm oil. Okay. So the palm, an oil from a from the palm tree, mm. and what what it is is so back there we have a a, a taro leaf. You can't find that here, and you know, so we use spinach yeah. when we do it when we do it here. Um, but a taro leaf is a cocoyam or a taro before when it's growing. There's a leaf on it, and we cook that leaf. It's like it's like a potato leaf, or it's like mm. collard greens. And we steam that. <laughs> we steam that separately. After we're done steaming it, we take something called an earthenware, and we have a, like a, a grinder. And then you you kind of like just soften it a little bit because they'll have like some of the stems and stuff. And yeah. You're, you're softening it. Then you warm up your palm oil on the side. Then that that mix that you made remember the the tomato mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. scotch bonnet ginger and garlic if you have any that you you pulsed up mm-hmm. this time you you do the same but you 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 blend it all the way through okay right? then you dice up your, your onions your tomatoes you throw it in the in the palm oil that's like um you know that you're heating up then you transfer that that salsa in there hmm. heat it up a little bit you take it in your earthenware, you had your spinach that you had steamed and, you know, crushed down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then you pour that on there. And that makes some PC huh. on mm. there. So it's mm. it's it's essentially this, like, that that sauce that the, the fish had, has been sitting in, it's so flavorful. It's mm. full of what they call that umami. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's so, so flavorful. Like, I mean, sardines, I mean, we... we Put sardines and mm-hmm. omelets. Mm. Um, so I brought so I brought a can, attempting to trip you up because there's not much in the way of small fish like that on your menu. Yeah. It turns out you know exactly. How to and, 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 and 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 the the the, the, the funny part is, so some some guests don't like fish mm-hmm. from a can, mm-hmm. which is so they never know. Uh, yeah. So usually I'll I'll have like like macro. Sometimes I'll have fresh. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll have. From the can, and I always let my guests know. Hey, yeah, because we have a brand Geisha that's a Ghanaian household brand mm-hmm. that everybody um, likes. And then with sardines, the Ghanaian household brand is Titus. Like everybody mm-hmm. <laughs> knows about Titus <laughs> sardines, and so and some guests I've been able to change the opinion about yeah. fish coming from a can. It's all about how like even like my my wife when I met her, I don't do no fish from a can, but now. It's like, <laughs> seriously, my wife doesn't sound like that though. No, <laughs> she knows I'm just pulling her legs. But yeah, you I've, know, and, I've met her before, so I can yeah, I can say that she doesn't, doesn't. anything like that. <laughs> you know, but yeah, um, it, it's it's phenomenal. I mean, that the stuff that you can do. I mean, even with jollof rice, like the rice mm-hmm. when you guys had the kebabs, the the, mm-hmm. the better rice. Like some households, when they make the tomato stew that goes to make that jollof, they would put sardines. Like open, and stuff yeah, they it. would open up a can of sardines and, and sauce or mackerel and sauce and put mm. it in there or tuna mm. and put it in there, and that becomes the protein in there. Here, when I make the jollof rice, I don't put any protein in the actual jollof rice because I have uh, I have vegans eat it sometimes and vegetarians, so mm. I don't put any like you know. 
animal, animal product in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Until you add, if you request for it, when it's done, we can toss in anything yeah. that you, yeah. you'd like. It, but it, that's what makes it fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. like when you're going out there and getting the ingredients and you're thinking while you're getting them, you're thinking what you're about to make. And, you know, like if I went, me at the grocery store is like the child in the candy, you know, at the candy <laughs> store because I, there's, I can do so much mm. with it. And sometimes that's the part that having a menu bothers me. It just bothers me so much because you got to cook the same thing every day, right? Yeah. And and I get it. Yeah, people like consistency and people, you know, want to come back for that thing that they had the last time. Mm-hmm. But it's like sometimes I'm just like, I could just take this off to a whole nother level, but I, <laughs> I you know, <laughs> but I can't, I can't do that right now. Cause I have to, I have to, I have to first make what everybody, you know, everybody has been getting. And then when you have the extra time, you throw yeah. on a special. I mean, I always, every week I, I try to do something new. Like, like last week we just brought on the pork chop this week. I'm going to put on something, something different. It's good. Keeps people on their end. Yeah. Keeps their fun on your end, too. Yeah. 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 It's like, you know, I I get to experiment. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, most of my recipes, it was, we threw stuff together, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, oh, this is good. Like the loaded, (laughs) like the loaded plantain. That's also my wife's idea. Mm -hmm. One day she's like, oh, fry me plant, like fry me the killer willy. And then I fry the killer willy. She's like, oh, put tomatoes on it. Put this on this. And I put it on there. And when we tasted it, it was good. I'm like, you were like, going on you're the like, menu. dang, that's <laughs> like, this great. Is, this is definitely going on. This is definitely going on the menu. Like, nice. um, is there anything like in the future you're looking forward to? You're coming out with eventually at some point, just like a shout out or something. Hmm, a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> what do you got? What do you got coming? A lot, a lot. I mean, I mean, we have our orange wine. Orange wine coming, the VNA. Um, we have our Zinfandel coming. Hmm. Our Cab Sav. Um, our Syrah, our Pinotage. Um, we're working on a lot of great stuff. I mean, food-wise, I mean, our, we're bringing back our Wagyu beef spring rolls, mm-hmm. uh, chicken spring rolls. Uh, we're, we're working on a, on more appetizers um, as well. Um, and then, so we have, <laughs> we have uh, a speakeasy mm-hmm. in the basement. Oh, do Which you? is, we're, we're done, we, we're done with the construction. Nice, nice. Um, we're, really? Yeah, we're just waiting on we're waiting on PP and out to like connect our uh, mm. the power back down there. It's just the meters have been old for so like mm-hmm. off for so long, so mm-hmm. they have to come out and make sure that it's still safe to. When can we expect use. that? So, depending on <laughs> the labor market, when the labor market crisis is you know yeah. is is solved, because we're very short staffed, mm-hmm. um, where we're currently looking for a mixologist if you know any in the area who are looking for work where we're, we're looking for somebody we're looking for a bar manager we're looking for somebody to take okay. you know take charge of the whole beverage aspect of what can, we're doing i can definitely keep on the lookout for that thank you thank you so i mean once we but we're we're hoping we're hoping that i mean no later than december awesome because december we turn we turn three Mm-hmm. Yeah, three years being open to the public. We're already three years because um, we we did music fest mm-hmm. in 2018, so we're already mm-hmm. already three years. But we'll be three years open to the public, like opening our doors to the public, yeah. um, December 5th. So we're looking forward to doing a, our 30th anniversary 
and grand reopening because we never had a grand opening. Mm-hmm. We just kind of <laughs> we just kind of <laughs> we just kind of open our doors and just <laughs> and just and you people kind of came yeah, the grand late opening. <laughs> yeah, so we we have to do something to remind people that yeah we do yeah. exist and we're we're here right here at eighty one West Broad. Uh, that that building that looks abandoned. It's not abandoned. There's really good food in there. <laughs> Well, you just redid a bunch of paint and stuff. Outside, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. My my brother-in-law did the painting. Nice. He says, Kofi, I'm going to let your, your, the front of your store look like the beverage store. So he, went and <laughs> he, picked, he picked all those colors. And they, it came out really nice. It yeah. came out really nice. Uh, you know, but I mean, shout out to my wife, my kids. I have three kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the time through COVID and me being sick and all of that, we have Estelle, our latest addition uh, to the family. She's... She just turned one well, on July. Thank on you on July twenty fifth. Um, so last year during COVID, she was my birthday present. She hmm. came two days after my birthday. <laughs> so yeah, shout out to them, my family, my brother in law Munif, uh, Richard, the winemaker, mm-hmm. my friends and family, my mom, <laughs> my dad, everybody, everybody, everybody. If I didn't mention you, I didn't forget you. I just <laughs> you know, just it's a lot of people to mention. Yeah. <laughs> That pretty much wraps it up, you know. Kofi's a Kofi's a good chef. He's got a good winemaker. I hope I'm a good chef. <laughs> <laughs> I would say so. The, the restaurants, the restaurants, good. I mean, I, I, I hope my guests aren't lying to me. You know? no, I hope they. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't think that would happen. You'd have more people sending more stuff back if it was <laughs> right. Oh man! But it's been a pleasure. Thank you for being on our show. It's, it's likewise. It's been a oh, great yeah. pleasure to to have you guys and. This is great. This is this yeah. is great. Um, you know, especially for like my diners that mm-hmm. haven't met me yet, yeah. or my my potential diners on social media that you know <laughs> that haven't gotten a chance. They never to see come in yet. yet. They never yeah. see who this chef is. Mm-hmm. You know, um, anybody that's been here probably knows me. But yeah. I mean, for somebody that me just picked up food, ordered, you mm-hmm. know, grab up and stuff. You yeah, know, and then also for <laughs> for them to hear. You know why we yeah. do what we do, and you know where where it comes from. Yeah, it's absolutely, just, it's an awesome opportunity. Thank you very, very absolutely. much. You know, thank you, you for know, taking us. taking the time out your your busy schedule <laughs> to be here. You know, it's it's great. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Likewise, thank you, thank thank you, you. very, very much. Thank you.